John Mack. Today we have some uh, dark topics to really discuss. Kind of ties in with our dangers of social media podcast that we did. What was that two weeks ago? Something like that. Yeah, one of our previous episodes. It kind of ties into events that we just kind of ran into this week. Uh, involving a young girl in our community. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about what happened, but we figured this would be a good topic for this week, just to kind of bring it up and bring kind of some awareness to some things that we've noticed in society really since, I don't know, the last maybe the last 10 years. I th- yeah, probably around there. And that is like cyberbullying, uh, wanting to have, be socially accepted through social media. You know, these kids with their Facebook accounts, their Snapchat, their Instagram, Twitter, whatever they're on. There's so many different platforms today. And there is a dark side like we talked about in the the previous podcast to these social media platforms especially for young people they get on there they are wanting to be accepted they want to have you know 50,000 likes on their pictures but like we've seen it's so easy for people to get on there and make negative comments and bring these young people down. Their whole world revolves around their social status. It always has. Going back to when I was in school, when you were in school, Mm -hmm. uh, probably everybody that listens to this podcast, social stance in school was a big deal. You always wanted to try to be popular even if you weren't in like the cool kid group and you were in like the smart people group or the jock group. You always wanted to be the best one in your group even if you weren't the most popular person in the school. Within your group of friends you tried to be the most popular in that group Uh, same thing today only on a much larger scale because we're not talking about being popular within a elementary school or a middle school or a high school no it's on a more macro level scale now yeah I mean it you are out there on the ether you're on the web people from all over Friends of friends of friends are all of a sudden getting involved, and you're trying to, as a kid, reach all these people and get all these people to like you and be super popular on your 
little online world, but with that comes risk because people are, are going to get on there and there's going to, there's always bullies. Before it was the school bully and they would pick on kids and pick on kids and you know they would eventually either stand up for themselves against the bully or just completely retreat into themselves. Now yeah, the trolls. The trolls come into play. These kids get online. They post a picture. It can be a completely beautiful picture. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with the kid. They look fine. And somebody's going to come in and just make a negative comment because they can. Because they're behind a computer screen. They're not saying it to another person's face, to another kid's face. And they will just make a comment. And then that comment starts getting, you know, likes or laughy faces and everything else. And then it, it snowballs. Because as we've seen in our lives, a negative comment to a kid, and I say kid as being, you know, young people, elementary school through high school maybe even into the college years. Uh, but a negative comment stands out to them more than a positive comment. If they've got, say they've got 100 people liking their picture and commenting how great it is, and then one person dislikes it and says it's horrible, mm -hmm. or that they're ugly, or whatever it is, that is the comment. Yeah that affects them more. Than and I read something about that before, about how, like, why is it if somebody has one negative comment, one negative thing said about them, out of all of the positive things that's ever been said about them, why do they remember the negative over the positive? And there was, there's like a psychological, um, it's almost like it, it helps you, like, stay alive type mm -hmm. of thing. It's, like, built inside of us. And it's because we remember the negative so that we can try to not redo that negative again. It's like not redoing the same mistake. Yeah. And so we remember the negativity in our life sometimes more than the positivity, but it's a defense mechanism in a way so that we don't redo what happened negatively. Yeah, and we're trying to merge these kind of primal instincts that are instilled in us yeah. into a more cyber world. Yeah, it's kind of like with food, you know, like if you want to compare it to food, we have our taste and our, like our smell, like it all goes together to keep us safe from bad foods that could kill us or make us sick. Yeah. So it's kind of like these built-in kind of mechanisms that we don't even know is like almost animalistic. Exactly. And I think that like these kids though, they make these online platforms, you know, their Instagrams and Snapchats and all that, their world. And that's their happy place. They go there because people like them and they can be whoever they want to be. They can be as cool as they want to be because typically on your online thing, you're friends with people that you request or they request you and they're your friends online 
which is not the same as friends in life, the mm-hmm. people that you interact with daily. Not at all. Because online, you can be whoever you want to be. You can be anything online. Mm-hmm. And then they go on there to get that joy because they, like it's already been proven that when you get likes on your Facebook post or your Instagram pictures, it releases endorphins that make you feel good. You feel great when you get that, like, oh, yeah, it's a positive reinforcement. Yeah. And they go on there to get that. Mm-hmm. And then they get hit with this negative comment, these negative things, and then see people laughing at some negative comment made at them, and then it really damages them. Yeah. And then they try harder, and then the trolls troll harder, yeah. and then it becomes this this whole thing online which snowballs into a massive thing Mm -hmm. that could end tragically and the other side of that is when you see we've heard stories of this several stories of this actually uh, just recently within the last five six years where people would get bullied online and these people would be like you're so ugly you should just go kill yourself or you know you're you're dumb or nobody likes you why don't you just do the world a favor and go die and these kids do it the the online bullies pushed them to so far that they feel like nobody wants them around anyway I'm just going to kill themselves mm-hmm. they disregard the family that they're in, their mothers, their fathers, siblings, grandparents, aunts, uncles, all of these people's feelings and all the reinforcement that they get there, Yeah. hopefully, maybe not in all cases, but I would think mostly, they disregard that and they listen to what they're being told by their peers online. Yeah. And that is, that's a situation that we've, as a society, we really need to deal with. We need to get kids to understand online world is not real. It is fake. Nothing about it's real. Not even the photos are real. They have apps now that go beyond photo and you can Photoshop yourself live. Yeah. So like, I mean, Photoshop with photos have been out for a long time and it just keeps getting better and better. But this is the first where you can actually filter yourself live. You can make yourself skinnier, your boobs bigger, your butt bigger, your skin flawless. You can give yourself a tan. You can change your eye color. Mm-hmm. I could turn my ugly mug into a beautiful woman if I wanted to. And it looks real. Yeah, it's freaky. It is freaky. And the unrealness of it is missed by these youths that are using these apps. Well, sometimes it even gets adults. And if it gets adults, can you imagine what it does to impressionable children? Oh, yeah. Like, there are, I've, I've known several, that get into these apps and they're just all about the likes, all about the comments. Oh, gosh, this. Look how many likes I got, how many people comment on my p- 
pictures how great they are. And I, I mean, I've been guilty of that too because it does feel good when you get a bunch of likes. I've made comments on Twitter that get, you know, a hundred likes or comments even, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. But I don't take it as like, that's my world. Right, you can't make it your identity. I just think it's cool that somebody, that a hundred people or 150 people would like something that I said on mm-hmm. Twitter because I know on the Twitterverse, I'm like this little speck of a nothing on there. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't bother me. I don't care. I don't really go on. I don't tweet a whole lot. I go on there mainly just to read comments. Uh, same thing with any other social media. Uh, I'm starting to try to work on the Instagram that I just got on, but I'm not real good at keeping up on it, even though you've told me I need to try to post and get things on there. I've not been good at that. Oh, I know. Because I'm horrible with social media. Just because my generation and even your generation, really, we are more in-person mm-hmm. Online stuff is new. Yeah. It's convenient. Like, it's cool to be able to go online and chat with, you know, my grandmother, my mother, and my sister and uncle all in one room and yeah. talk about things that are family things that we want to talk about. I think the only reason that I do it a little bit more, which I got, like I said before, I got rid of all of my social media except for Instagram and um, YouTube, but is because I've been trained in it. So it's just, it's just kind of second nature to me now. Yeah, and with your degree <clears throat> yeah. that you're working on, you'll be using that. Maybe not so much for personal stuff, but business-wise, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be part of your world. And that's the positive side of social media stuff, is like being able to get messages out there uh, for companies with their advertisement and things like that. It works out really well. It's cheap for them to do that, and it gets a lot of views. Yeah. Gets their products mm-hmm. out there. Uh, but like I said, the downside is the, the dark part of it where people are making these comments, even if it's not true. And the people making these negative comments know it's not true. Yeah. But they'll say it anyway just to get a reaction. It kind of makes you. It kind of makes you miss the old days back in you know 2002 when I'm in high school and uh, the stuff that was said about you was written in your notebook or spread through the halls or marked on the bathroom stall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you miss it a little bit. <laughs> that, that was the, the old school version of online bullying. Right there. <laughs> And it was miserable then. Imagine it on a globalized scale. But the thing is, back then for women, or young girls, or whatever, you, whichever way you want to say it, women. Uh, you read something on the bathroom stall, and you don't even and you don't even know it's there. People <laughs> are walking down the hall and they're laughing at you, and you don't even know why. Because oh. how often do you go in the men's room? Yeah. You don't. Well, sometimes stuff's written in the girls' room, and you sit there and read it, and you're like, oh, I didn't know that I was that or that that happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's news to me. 
because <laughs> nothing was real even then. So like now, I mean, you just take and amplify it onto a macro level, and boom, you got yourself a perfect storm. Yeah, because like, like we, we were, we've been talking about. I mean, this online world—that is their world. They create their own reality in this online universe. They retreat into that. They escape reality into their little world, and then you throw a dark cloud in there, and it's a tumble. They, they can't deal with it. Yeah. I mean, these platforms have added, you know, block and mm-hmm. things like that on there. People still get past that crap. I have to they block do. people so many times. It's not even funny. There's I actually to took, um, I went through my entire Instagram, like, last year, and I took down every single photo of Steven and Jewel. Because um, I was getting what could be construed as, I I believe, inappropriate comments from a guy on there about my then 10-year-old daughter. Yeah, see? And that's the other dark side, like we've been talking about. I think I have one photo of her on there now, and it's like just a close-up that you you only see her face pretty much. Yeah. And like I said, that's the other dark side of it. Like we've been talking for the last, you know, 15 minutes or so about kids getting pushed towards suicide or other harmful things mm-hmm. suicide being the, the pentacle there's nothing beyond that because you've you're gone mm-hmm. but we're talking eating disorders uh other physical harm cutting themselves mm-hmm. uh just all kinds of things that these young people will put themselves through based on feedback that they get from their social media. Well, it's because, like I was telling you earlier, that, like, kids, like like I was saying, like, the beautiful thing about kids is that they don't have any perception of the future. They don't think about the future, which means they don't worry about the future. No. But on the flip side of the coin, because they don't think about the future, then everything that happens right now is the end of the world or it's the highlight of their life. Yeah. Like... Like, the the present moment is the final, finalization. Yeah, this is how it will life. always be, how it will always feel, and they don't see anything beyond that. Exactly. And when you don't see anything beyond that on your bad days, your bad days are in an eternity. And when you start dwelling on them. Like I said, they turn to these social media sites because they want the, the endorphins to kick in and the positive reinforcements and... All, the, all these people liking this mm-hmm. or that that they do. Mm-hmm. And that negative comment weasels its way yeah. in there and then boom. And then they the place that they're going to to get a boost in their good emotions gets mm-hmm. tainted. Yep. And they don't get that satisfaction of feeling like they're good enough. Yeah. So, you know, like 15... I didn't really think about the future or see the future. Like, I thought of, this is how I feel right now. And so I didn't think about how I was going to get out of the pit and finally end a horrible relationship and then meet you and then have kids and have everything that I have now. Like, I didn't see that. All that I seen around me at the time was the bad. And that's how every kid is because of how the minds of children 
develop their developmental stages. Exactly. And like, kind of more on the point, these kids that they want to be popular in their little bubble, mm-hmm. and when they go to school and they see the popular kids at school, and at school is like their little bubble online, but they don't realize that even that popular kid at school has struggles in life. Yeah. Not everything's just peachy for them either. Right. They have struggles, but in a different way probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really popular at school, but maybe they don't have a really great home life. Yeah. You know, there's everybody deals with negativity in life. Yeah. That is just part of being alive. Mm-hmm. You just need to learn how to deal with the negative and move past it. Mm-hmm. Accept it, move past it. You can't dwell on that. Yeah. And it is really easy, especially when you're young, to get caught up on the negativity and just get stuck there can't get past it that's why i was telling you i think it was like a week ago that i'm really appreciating um a couple of these youtubers that um i've been watching like i i'm very picky about who i watch and subscribe to but there's like a couple that i've uh really i really like and they talk about their health struggles and the things that they go through and how sometimes they can't even get out of bed during the day because they're in so much pain and like, I'm not going to like name names or anything like that, but um, I think that's important to see now because what's missing from social media and from that world is reality. Everybody puts their highlight reel on there, and then people see that, and they perceive that this person's life is absolutely perfect, free from pain, free from you know circumstances that's beyond their control, that they just live in like a utopia. Yeah. And right I down to their skin. Yeah, flawless everything. Skin, flawless hair, filters. Yeah, filters. rich, successful. <laughs> you know, the whole shebang. And then people will look at their ordinary, mundane lives, and they all look at their reflection in the mirror with their, you know, skin that is like obviously real, and their little imperfections, what they perceive as imperfections or whatever, and they think that they're inferior. I mean, it's just really what it boils down to. is like we need more reality. We do need more reality. And that's part of the reason, like, why I wanted to do this topic for today's podcast, which ends our first season of the show. To bring these topics up, like what you're, what you're talking about here, and then tie that into how, as adults, with children... We need to be paying attention to what our kids are exposed to online through these media outlets. I would even go so far, I know with our kids, I don't want them to have social media like their own Facebook or Instagram or any of that until they're well into their teens. Yeah, they don't have any of that right now. So, to limit that, to kind of keep them sheltered, if you will, from those things. Also, to touch on what you kind of brought up earlier, there are a lot of pedophiles that troll online sites looking for victims, 
young victims. They want young girls, they want young boys, they don't care. They want the younger the better. And like you were talking about with the picture, pulling all the kids' pictures off. Mm -hmm. I archived them all, yeah. Uh, they will go and seek out things and seek out pictures and then it is not beyond the realm of reality for them to try to figure out where this child is. They will get an infatuation and they will want to come see in person. Mm -hmm. And they will try to track this young person down, watch them, even abduct them, all kinds of nightmarish things. So as parents, we need to be mindful of what we're posting online involving our kids, what pictures we're putting up, and not only that, but who is seeing these pictures. Make sure your security settings are set that only your friends, people that you consider friends, see this. Don't do the friends of friends and things like no, keep this circle close. Keep it tight. Because uh, yeah, they can even take photos, and you wouldn't even know it, but take a photo and sell it to, like, child pornography yeah. places, and then your child could end up being passed around, like, just a photo of them, which is still just awful, horrible. Yeah, because as we found out, pictures that you put on, like, Facebook aren't your pictures. They're Facebook's pictures. So anybody can download those pictures off Facebook. Mm -hmm. They just go on there, they save it. They can download it, they can do whatever they want. They can manipulate a picture of your young daughter. It's crazy. But this is the world that we live in and parents need to be mindful of what is out there. Yeah, I archived all of our kids' photos, and then when I got rid of my Facebook, I disabled it completely, but before I did, I moved all of the kids' photos to my personal Google photo album. So, it's like, it would be really hard to find photos of the kids online right now. Yeah, and that's how it should be. It's sad, mm -hmm. but that's the world we live in. We've got to protect our kids. Pedophilia is rampant right now. I mean, there are, I don't even know how many kids they've been rescuing every weekend. They quit talking about it now, but they were going through rescuing 50 kids in this city, another 100 in this city from sex trafficking. It's a huge multi-billion dollar business, so you know they're not going to stop. Anytime yeah. soon. I believe there was close to like maybe 200 in Ohio like maybe three weeks ago. And the week before that was about 400 in Texas. Yeah. I mean, these are huge numbers of children rescued that were being sex trafficked. It's insane. So we, we need to not only protect our children from social media, online bullying, and talk to them about, it's very important, talk to them about if they are having negative feelings, if they are feeling like they're not good enough, or anything negative, they need to know 
that there is somebody on their side that they can come talk to. Don't dismiss them. I know it's easy as parents sometimes you're busy. Absolutely, you don't dismiss them. Things juggling in the air, and your kid tries to come talk to you about something to you. It doesn't seem that significant. Like, oh, that's not a big deal. But all the little things to you are big things to them. Yes. So take an extra few minutes, talk to them, find out what's going on, and then talk them down. You know, get them away from that. Let let them know, like, hey, this seems like a huge deal right now, but in the grand scheme of things, it is not. This is a little blip, and in school days time it's old news within a day or two Mm -hmm. and we've just recently been thinking a lot about that because of you know this last week's circumstances but it's just really important because like like you were saying you know things can get really busy but um if it's something that is really weighing on a kid it's something that just doesn't go away because you are busy it's consuming their mind it is. And you need to watch for warning signs of things. Is there a shift in your kid's behavior? Are they acting out? Are they changing their appearance drastically? You know, kids like to experiment and they want to, you know, I'm going to dye my hair blue. Well, th- all kids are doing this now. So that's not really a big warning sign. But if your kid's acting kind of depressed you know they're withdrawn they don't seem to have that happiness to them Uh, they just seem like something's bothering them they're kind of withdrawing from the family not want to interact there's there's signs to watch for there are kids out there that turn into well, I don't know about it anymore. I know back when you were in school, towards the end of when I was in school, the, the goth movement was coming through. I was very goth when I was a teenager, and it sounds a little cliche, um, you know, but like I did have a lot of emotional issues going on that led to some traumatic stuff that I had went through that had happened. Uh, but I did do the all black. I was goth, black nails, black makeup. Um, But, like, on the other hand, too, um, I do think that there are, you know, like, say, girls out there that are, you know, the pretty and pink girls that can, you know, still have those same thoughts and issues and, um, and stuff like that. Yeah, so, like, but, like, you were saying, when you were in school and you went goth and were doing all the dark clothes, dark makeup... How would it have affected you if a parent or somebody would have sat down with you to talk to you seriously about things going on in your life that you felt like you could open up to them and tell them everything? Well, it kind of depends because I was very shy at that stage and also at the same time I was very afraid that I was going to be condemned for any mistake that I've made. So I think it depends on who this person is and how open you feel with them. See, that's an important point to make. Yeah. Like, that's why you need to make sure that your kids know that they can come to you 
and have these conversations without feeling like they're going to be judged or punished or looked at differently. Right. That's what we always tell our kids is that there's nothing that you could ever, ever do, no decision you could ever make that would anger us or disappoint us enough to where we wouldn't want you to tell us. Exactly. So that kind of went to what I was trying to get at, why you wouldn't talk to somebody back then. But if you had had that and you were able to get those emotions out and get all that negativity off your chest, it could have changed your life at an earlier age. They're just going to listen and try to guide you. Yeah. Because as parents, that's what you are. And you also have to be really careful about who's influencing your child, too. Exactly. Because Um, if you're not, somebody else probably is. Exactly. Someone's always influencing your kid. And I didn't have the best influencers. (laughs) Um, They led me down some dark pathways. Um, So definitely, I think who's influencing your kid is something you really need to take a special eye on yes very much know who your kids are interacting with i said it it seems like oh i'm violating their privacy no like you're protecting your child when you know who are they interacting with who's trying to influence your kid who are they interacting with online even and there's so much online stuff now video games are online all the social media stuff online most of the communication now is online kids are doing video facetime chats these are opportunities for bad things to happen it's stuff that you need to warn your kids about you need to talk to them about you need to drill it into their brain that what they do online never goes away there's a record of that it's already been documented. Google, mm-hmm. they collect all this. Even data if you delete something, it's never really ever fully they, deleted. They have a database of all of your activity online. Yeah. They store it. Explain that to the kids. Let them know because they're not going to think about it. They're just going to think, I'm sharing it with this person. They like me. They're never going to share it. Yeah, they will. Because most probably 99% of all relationships when you're in your teens don't last that long. You are together, you break up, you might get back together, then you break up. You know, very rarely, I think, people have long-standing relationships from the time they're teens to adulthood. I think I only know of three from high school that were together in high school and are married now. Yeah. I know of one. They they got together really young. They had a baby young and stayed together, kind of like your parents. Mm-hmm. Got together young, stayed together, still married. Uh, but that's not the norm. That doesn't happen all the time. I don't think we're even the norm. But even then, like back when I was in school or your, your mom and dad were in school, we didn't have this whole online world. Right. Back when I was in school, we had, let's see, AOL.com was just coming out, AOL Online, with the dial-up, with all the squeechy noises, and... I remember I got so excited um, 
when like we really got the internet it was dial up and it was like people were yelling at me all the time to get off the computer so they could use the phone and i was obsessed with those uh like little tweener like online quizzes because mm-hmm. like i found out they had online magazines yeah everything started going online yeah it was, cool. it was trendy it's on there forever what boy am i gonna marry but even back then like I was saying earlier, people put pretending to be something that they're not. Oh, that started early. Yeah. My father <laughs> pretending to be a, I believe, like 35-year-old lesbian talking to some girl in Germany who decided that she was going to come visit my lesbian father, <laughs> flies into the airport, and then my father tries to talk, talk my mom into going to meet this woman at the airport and of course my mom flipped out like what because she didn't realize that he was pretending to be her talking to this lesbian in germany sending her pictures of her like brawl and brawls <sighs> and stuff and pictures of her <laughs> and you know how long it took to upload photos back then You'd start doing that, and then you'd go upon your day, and then hopefully by the time you got home that night, the picture was all uploaded, because it took forever. People complain now if it takes three seconds for a video, for a photo. It's taking so long! Yeah. (laughs) It's taking forever! Like three seconds. Try growing up when I grew up. You'd be out there waiting for three days. No kidding. And you know, we're not even, like, old. You know, like, me and my mom was just talking about how, like, this kind of, like, the internet and, like, social media stuff really just kind of started taking off in, like, the past probably 13 years or so. Yeah. Let's say around 2005, it really started to uh, take off. Because I think the first thing that got it going was MySpace. Yeah, you're right. Probably about 15 years. So, MySpace, well, I think MySpace was around 2002, 2003. I think I had a MySpace when I was in the Army, or shortly after. So, it was right around there. But, yeah, around 2005, it really started skyrocketing. And then you get Facebook and Twitter, and now you got Instagram and Snapchat and all these things. it's, it's crazy. Yeah, there, there's there been cool things to come out of, you know, the online world, I would say. But there are dark parts, and the whole point of this podcast is to just kind of bring some light to those and bring a little bit of awareness to get people thinking, like, how are my kids, if you have kids, how are they handling online things am i paying enough attention to what they're doing online am i checking in on them when they're doing their gaming and they're they got their headsets on and they're chatting with people you don't you just gotta be careful who your kids are interacting with there's so much danger out there so much more than when we were kids it's it's up there now the dangers are all around us and it's so easy for these predators to get into your home through your online connection so I think we'll end it there for this episode 
Thank you all for joining us again, and God bless. Thank you.